I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Down the block, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to do our rapid review of the Saturday games from Round 5. Cracking Saturday that we had as well. The first game, the Manly Seagulls and the Newcastle Knights. They battled out a draw in Mudgy. Unbelievable scenes. Uh, when this game kicked off, I was about 10 minutes in going, oh my God, Manly are going to put on a cricket score here. This is unbelievable. And then within about 15 minutes, I thought, Jesus, the Newcastle Knights might put on a cricket score here. It was an unbelievable game of footy. Um, obviously, a couple of controversial moments and whatnot. I personally thought Bradman Best. I thought his try should have been a try. Um, I don't think that was a knock-on. I would have given that one 100% in that moment. A tough break there for the Newcastle Knights. Tough break for Bradman Best as well. I think he's been playing some really, really good footy the last few weeks, and that was a moment that he deserved. But... On the other side of the coin, Manly fans will say, well, hold on, Lockie Miller, he hit the ball back in field from the sideline. It blatantly touched the line, went back in, uh, and they got away with it. So it goes both ways. I understand the Bradman best one was like a, a definite try, in my opinion. But if the Newcastle Knights would have turned the ball over five metres out from their line, a completely different game of football we have all of a sudden. So it goes both ways. For me, the um, the Bradman Best one probably annoys me more because we had more chances to look at it. The Lockie Miller one, I, I hear people, oh, how did the referees miss that? You, like, Look at the field. You've got to keep in mind that the touch judge is 40 metres upfield running down there. Um, you know, the referees obviously back on halfway, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, obviously, we could have, you know, had the box call down. I would say that that probably had something to do with the game being in Mudgee. Maybe didn't have the technology available as quick as they could. And what do you want to do? Do you want to let the play go on for three plays and then bring it back? I think if it's not called on that play straight away, I personally think that it should be play on. But I understand that people want to use technology to get the right call every single time. For me, just slows our game down a little bit too much. But I don't have a team to follow. I don't, I'm don't. i not as invested as you guys, so I can completely understand the argument both ways. Uh, guys that really stood out for me in this one, I thought Olukowatu was amazing for the Manly Seagulls. Obviously got Simbin at one point, which was fair. 
But outside of that, I thought he was tremendous. God, he is a handful. Uh, we're going to talk about it. Olaquata, his first try, he bursts through. DCE turns him under. He's got a draw and pass to get to Tommy Turbo. And Lockie Miller, I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't know if he lost his positioning on the field. I don't know what happened in that moment. But that's probably some of the worst fullback defense you could ever see. He actually backed into his in goals. Uh, I know it infuriated a lot of people on social media, and I get it. I get why. Uh, it was a bizarre little situation to see there from Lockie Miller. Um, very, very strange turn of events on that try there. But I thought Olukowatu was fantastic. Brad Parker, a solid game. I really like this uh, Tulung. He's come over from the West Tigers at the Manly Seagulls. I think he's getting better and better each week, and I think that he is going to be in... Um, for a big career in the NRL. He's a guy that I was a little bit worried about. Is he just... Is he too likely to get concussed, to get knocked out? There's always seems to be something, but I thought he was really good in this game, and I think that he's just... He's improving week on week and starting to look really, really strong. Jake Trevojevic, some of his defensive efforts were unbelievable. 49 tackles, two missed tackles, but... The way that he hits, he just cuts other human beings in half, Jake Trevojevic. Tremendous player. Uh, Tommy Turbo... I mean, did, I wouldn't say he had an unbelievable, outstanding game. Nowhere near his potential. Like, no, no, nowhere to, 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 towards his ceiling. But still three line break assists, three tackle breaks. Still, wow, still ran for 300 metres, two try assists. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I am undervaluing how good Turbo was just because of how high his ceiling is. But another tremendous game from Tommy. Just a really good all-round game from the Manly Seagulls. I'll be disappointed with the result. They'll be disappointed with their defence. There is no doubt about that whatsoever, uh, which we'll talk about with both teams. Conceding 32 is a fucking nightmare. Uh, the Newcastle Knights. Dominic Young, four tries. Wow. Four tries, 227 metres. Uh, considering he scored four, 227 metres, you, you, you would have thought he would have gone for a little bit more realistically. But he was tremendous, Dom Young. Uh, great to see him back in first grade. I personally think the Newcastle Knights made the right call dropping him. And I, I do question whether he would have scored four in this game if it wasn't for the dropping. I think the Knights have actually got the situation pretty spot on. Uh, made six errors a few weeks ago in his game. And there was a couple of other things that I noticed in his game that just weren't up to scratch. Got dropped for a week, comes back in. Zero errors, four tries, which you absolutely love to see from Dom Young. So, Dom Young, so credit to him. Four line breaks, four tries. Fantastic stuff. So, well done to the Newcastle Knights. It looks like he will be heading to the Roosters next year. Uh, he is going to be a huge loss for the Knights. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but they have got other guys that can fill those spots. For example, Greg Marsu. Now, granted, Dominic Young scored the four tries. Marsu just got the one. But he had 23 runs for 234 metres, seven tackle breaks, 72 post-contact meters. He was everywhere, Greg Marciu. Two line breaks as well. Stats were unbelievable, Marciu. So congratulations to him. Have a fantastic season. Bradman Best, very impressive, impressive as well in this game, as was Dane Gagai. The entire back five for the Newcastle Knights. Miller ran for 282 meters. Dominic Young, 227. Dane Gagai, 214. Bradman Best, 177. Greg Marciu, 234. Granted, the game went for 10 minutes longer than other games. But for 177 run meters to be the lowest uh, of your players, pretty fucking impressive. And it was Bradman Best who scored the match-winning try that unfortunately got taken off him. So really nice stuff there by the Newcastle Knights. Their back five is working very, very hard. Number of missed tackles in that back line, though, to be fair, especially between the two centers. Nine missed tackles there. So something to focus on for the Knights. Their forward pack. 
Man, I love this, Leo Thompson. He is an absolute goer. I thought Daniel Saifidi was a lot better this week as well. Uh, but Leo Thompson, I don't know, he's just got something about him, something about him that I absolutely love. thought Jack Johns was tremendous as well. Great little vision at one point. Put in a kick, then he scored a try of his own. He was everywhere, Jack Johns. I think they need to find um, a, a consistent spot for him in this team. The other one I love is Matty Croker off the bench. Uh, fuck, he's a good footballer. He just... Just offers a little bit something different. He's got a little bit of a different body shape. Not the biggest guy in the world, but he, he's a little bit lanky. He's got skill set. And he, the beauty that I think I love so much about Matt Croker is that he's got confidence in his skill set as well. He's not afraid to use it. So, tremendous. Um, look, this one went to extra time. Obviously, DCE, he had a couple of opportunities that he could have potentially taken the field goal. He wasn't feeling confident, so he just played the long game. Kicked to the corners, etc., etc. Saw a lot of people messaging me and say, why the fuck did he take the kick? Why did I mean... If he doesn't feel like it's the moment to take the kick and he misses it, it's a seven-tackle set and that game is all of a sudden turned on its head. So I think you saw a lot of experience from DCE in that moment that instead of just going for absolute pot shots uh, and hoping for the best and more than likely, if you're not feeling confident of it, more than likely turning the ball over for, for, for a seven-tackle set and without a doubt giving Jackson Hastings an opportunity to win that game, he just kept on kicking it in the air, rolling it in, turning it over on the you know five, 10-meter line, giving away six tackles instead of seven. I, I thought it was smart by DCE, to be honest with you. Obviously, had one shot, didn't get over. Jackson Hastings, the, uh, he, he had one where, geez, it was a good effort by DC. He got out it from marker, was beaten, all ends up by Jackson Hastings. Almost hit the deck and then managed to scramble to just get his hands in the way of Jacko's foot. So, shout out to DCE. Really big moments there. Tommy Turbo had a few at marker as well. I like what the Seagulls did there when they just got their fastest, their tallest guy uh, into first marker on that fourth tackle to really put pressure on on Jackson Hastings there. It was really, really smart. Um, the shot the Jacko hit, oh, geez, only just missed it. Fuck, he struck it well. Uh, but that's the way that footy goes sometimes. 32 all. I'm not sure who would be more disappointed that they lost this, but I'll tell you what. Fuck, it makes the NRL interesting now that you've got two teams that are on uneven numbers. It essentially takes for and against completely out of the conversation for those sides. So the Manly Seagulls currently sitting in fourth place on seven points. But you have a look below them. The team coming 10th is on 10 points as well. So it completely separates them from those other teams. But it does work the other way as well. You have a look at the Newcastle Knights who are in 11th. They're on five points. Completely separates them from all the teams that are on six when they've probably done enough to win as many games as those sides. So when you have a look at that one point, I have no doubt whatsoever that is going to be the best thing or the worst thing throughout this year for the Manly Seagulls and for the Newcastle Knights. I think it will earn one of them a home final come finals time. Probably more likely to be the Seagulls or it'll cost them a home final. Uh, that one point can be the best thing or it can be the worst thing. So something to watch there this year. Their for and against is simply out the window now, essentially. Uh, it doesn't matter. We almost, oh, I thought there was a chance we might have seen another draw last night. We didn't end up seeing one, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, that makes life very, very interesting on the ladder. And I think it's going to be something we're going to come back to uh, more and more throughout the year because I think it's going to have a big impact and I think it's going to make life either really difficult for these sides or an absolute luxury for these sides. So we'll see how it plays out. All right, let's move to the second game. Second game, we had the Dolphins and the Dragons going to head-to-head -head from Wynn Stadium. I took the Dolphins to win this one, and uh, I was a little bit disappointed by their performance. I know they're missing guys. I understand that. They did get Jeremy Marshall King back. Uh, they lost Milford during the game, or very early in the game, so that obviously made life very difficult. All they were left with was Isaiah Katoa, who um, is a tremendous half, obviously, but... 
He's five games into his NRL career going up against Benny Hunt, who was just on another planet in this game. So I did feel a little bit sorry for the Dolphins, but I just thought defensively there was a couple of moments there where it just could have done better. That you know, uh, And I, I'm sure that they'll, they'll lick their wounds. Wayne Bennett sort of said to the media, well, you've all been waiting for this. And I just hope that it's not the domino effect that this potentially could be for the Dolphins. I mean, they've just lost and they're in seventh place. And, I mean, if you would have said to me at the start of the season, hey, in round five, the Dolphins are going to get beat by the Dragons by 20-odd points and they're going to be in seventh, I would have gone, oh, fuck, how good is that? They're absolutely flying. So, still so many positives to take out of what the Dolphins have done so far, but I just hope they're able to get back on top very soon. They play the Cowboys next week up there in North Queensland. Uh, another team that's coming off a loss. Played reasonably well, but coming off a loss. They're still going to be without Sean O'Sullivan, Anthony Milford, these sort of guys. Then they play the South Sydney Rabbitohs the week after, and then they come up against the Gold Coast Titans at Suncorp Stadium, uh, followed by the Raiders in Canberra. So, all of a sudden, the Dolphins, they're down on a few players. Their, their depth is going to be really tested, and they've got a, a couple of real quality sides or teams that have the potential to be real quality sides and a few away games as well. So it's going to be a big test for the Dolphins over the next few weeks. This will really test where they're at. They've been up in the first few weeks, there's no doubt about it. But the next few weeks, missing their halfback, missing their 5'8", uh, Isaiah Katoa, he'll move to halfback. I'm not even sure what they'll do at 5'8", to be honest with you. I'm not sure which direction they will move in there. Um, might be like a Cody Nikarima, which will be a huge, huge test for this Dolphins side to see how they go. But... As we said all preseason, as we said the first four or five weeks of the season when they were flying, the test of the NRL is the 27 weeks. It's not the first four or five when you're getting yourself up emotionally. It's the 27 weeks where injuries, suspension, all these sort of things come into play. Uh, this will really test the Dolphins. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, how they respond to it. They've proven everyone wrong so far, especially myself. So very, very keen to see how they go. I guess I'll start with the Dolphins. Jermaine Asako, what a year he is having. A guy that I've got my Supercoach draft team who just, I don't know, he's just been, Wayne Bennett just gets the best out of this guy, eh? Like, and he's, you know what I love about Jermaine Asako as well? Like, normally you get to every, the end of every Jermaine Asako game ever, you look at his errors and you go, oh my God, he had three errors in this game again. I just don't think he's having that, that those – and I, I'm, I'm going to get up his stats now, so I could be proven wrong here. But I just feel like he's been a lot more consistent. We're not seeing the constant errors that we have been over the years. He's scoring tries. He's kicking goals. Tackle breaks. He's doing it all. He's not missing too many tackles. Um, where's his errors here? Let's have a look. Fingers crossed I'm right here because I feel like he has gone – uh, to a new level over the last few weeks. Cannot find his stats for errors, which is good. That is great podcasting there. Fantastic. Just what you want to say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, on the weekend, didn't have a single error. I thought he was fantastic in that game. Did a couple of really, really good things. Just going to go back through some of his games over the last few weeks whilst I'm talking, just to have a look. So like the Broncos last week, uh, Jermaine Isako errors. Yeah, no errors there. Sorry, one error there, one error there. So, I mean, one error in two weeks. I mean, the Jermaine Osaka that I've known for a number of years, you would have been begging for that. Uh, I just think he's... I just think Wayne's getting the best out of him. I think he's being solid. He's being consistent. He's obviously kicking his goals. He's scoring his tries. He's taking his tough carries. You just... 
you can't really ask for much more from this guy, realistically. A guy that, you know, he, he was at the Broncos last year. They let him go to go to the Titans. He's pretty much un, unwanted. The week before that, no errors as well. So that's three weeks with one error from Jermaine Osaka. You, you love to see that. And in that time, he scored, you know, four or five tries or whatever it might be. So shout out to him. I've been very, very impressed with him so far this year. A guy that I'm absolutely stoked to have in my Supercoach draft team. Doing tremendous overs for me at the moment. Uh, look, I thought Isaiah Katoa. Did, did some really nice things. It was a tough game for him. Very brutal situation to be in, as I said, especially when you're going up against Benny Hunt. Fuck, life can be hard sometimes. <laughs> and that, uh, that would have been a tough afternoon for him. But that's the reality of first grade. That's what the NRL is, and that's what you got to deal with. So he'll get better and better as we go. Uh, but I'm still very, very excited about this guy. Jesse Bromwich, 300 games. What an achievement for a front row forward. Tremendous stuff. Jesse Bromwich, Jay, he's just been in our game for so long. He's been so consistent. Very rarely is he injured. Um, just absolutely love him as a footballer. Tom Gilbert, strong once again. Uh, who else? Herman SASA, good to see him run around back in first grade. I thought Jeremy Marshall King looked dangerous as well again. Uh, but, you know, just injuries and whatnot just made life a little bit too hard for this Dolphins side. So not really a heap to touch on there, to be honest with you guys. They're in a tough position. Uh, they've got injuries. They're lacking a little bit of depth. I think they get Felice Kafusi back next week, which will be very, very much needed, maybe the week after. Uh, but they desperately need him back soon. Sean O'Sullivan's still a long way away. Milford now out for a month or so. You probably are looking at a Cody Nikarima, uh, Isaiah Katoa, halves pairing there. So they're going to really be tested over the next few weeks. Hopefully, they can prove us all wrong and stand and deliver once again. For the Dragons, shout out to them. What a win. 38 points, but only conceded 12. That's what you want if you are a St. George Illawarra Dragons fan, especially off the back of last week. They got absolutely fucking dish-leaked by the Cronulla Sharks. They just ran a train through them. Really good bounce back. And you know what I love as well? The Dolphins led... 6-0 through Jermaine Asako, 4-0, whatever it was, um, 6-0, sorry. So it didn't all go perfectly for St. George. They just managed to get on a roll, and then they just really put the sword to them. Jacob Little scoring. Blake Laurie scored the second try, which is unreal to see. You don't see uh, the big fridge score too many tries. Blocker, they call him down there. I uh, just love this guy. He's, you know, he's one of those guys, and I've said it a number of times about a number of plays, put him in a skill tester against other guys. Front row forwards, your Payne Haas, your Joe Tapanes. Blake Laurie's going to go fucking bang average, but he just shows up every week, has a red-hot crack. Zach Lomax scored a really nice try off a nice kick. Benny Hunt, wow. That try that Ben Hunt scored, that has just got experienced halfback written all over it. All He just looked up, saw a defense on the back foot, backpedaling, and just went, yep, sweet, I'll just run through them here. I'll just make it fucking work. I'll run as hard as I possibly can. Yeah, absolutely love to see it from halfbacks. And I thought Ben Hunt was tremendous in this game. I was so impressed with him. Uh, Kempi's been saying it for a long time. A team with Ben Hunt will not win the wooden spoon. And I'll tell you what, it's hard to argue with right now. I feel like I'm always praising Benny Hunt, always at law. Always love him and always talk about him, always tip him, you know, for tries with you guys. But I still, over an entire season, probably undervalue how important Benny Hunt is. Such a tremendous player. I was talking to mates the other day saying, geez, if you take Ben Hunt out of this team and you put him in one of the top eight sides at halfback, 5'8", a hooker, like that team goes from, yeah, they're there and they're about to probably being like premiership favorites. He is that fucking good, Ben Hunt. And there's a fair argument that right now he's not playing his best position either. I think he is a better hooker than he is halfback. So crazy stuff. Just think about taking Ben Hunt out of this Dragons team. One, what would happen to the Dragons? And two, if you put him into any of the teams that you think are premiership contenders at hooker, at 5'8 or halfback, 
in every single one of those teams, they will have one of those three positions that Ben Hunt is a better player than what they have there. Imagine where that takes that team, that next level that team goes to. Freaking insane. Ravalawa, very impressive, scoring two meat pies. He is just a juggernaut, isn't he? So hard to handle. And shout out to Tyrell Sloan. Um, scored a try. Showed the pace he's got is simply incredible. Two line breaks. He's uh, he's becoming a very, very good footballer, Tyrell Sloan. And hopefully uh, we can keep heading in this same direction. I thought Jack Bird was really good as well in this one. He, he's just always trying, Jack Bird. Played the full 80 minutes. About 10 hit-ups. Got through a fair whack of tackles, but he's just... He's always just trying to create something, and you love to have those sort of guys. Uh, you had Jack DeBellin, who made his first game, who played his first game for this season, 46 minutes, um, about 100-odd run meters, made 23 tackles, zero missed. He will get better week on week. I think he has got a – I think he got a charge in this game for a hip drop, or maybe it was – no, actually, sorry, it was a cannonball uh, in this one. Uh, and I, from memory, I don't think it looked too good, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him potentially miss a few weeks. Uh, but with this judicial Fuck knows what they're going to do. Shout out to Moses Sully, 198 run meters. He is very solid once again, obviously. <laughs> Got a bit of controversy this week, but uh, came out and, and, and put on a really good performance. 17 runs, 198 meters. Just going to check his defense. Hopefully he held his own. Yeah, look at that. 12 tackles, zero miss. So great to see. When you have a look at the Dragons... Jacob Little, he missed three tackles. Outside of that, no one missed more than two tackles, which is exactly what, what you want to see from this St. George Illawarra Dragon side. Unreal. Amon missed four, sorry. But everyone else outside of their halves defended really, really well there. So shout out to the Dragons. A good win there. Um, I, I do think the Dragons will collect plenty more wins over the season. I don't think they'll be like a top eight side or anything, but I think they will do better than what I anticipated. And I think what a lot of people out there anticipated. I think a lot of people, including myself, that thought they'd probably be a spoon chance. Um Unfortunately, the West Tigers have said, hold my beer. And they're the team we're going to talk about next because they went down to the Brisbane Broncos, 46-12. to uh, We'll start with the West Tigers. And look, oh, I'm not going to put the shoe in too badly because I just what, – what what more can be said that wasn't said last week? Um, I, I thought they actually started the first four or five minutes pretty well. I thought they were in this contest. And then the grind happened, and then the Tigers just, just fucking went to water, and the Broncos just ran a train over them. Jordan Ricky scored a nice try. I think we tipped him for an anytime try scorer to you guys. Kurt Cable scored off a nice kick from Ezra Mam, an early uh, kick in the set, uh, but definitely caught them out. Then Payne Haas, an unbelievable run into an offload. He was put on the ground. He stood back up. He got to dummy half, and you could see Adam Reynolds screaming out the back. He wanted the ball, but Payne just said, nah, I'm going to take this upon myself. Scored a cracking try there. Uh, very, very disappointing defense from the West Tigers. I understand it's Payne Haas. I know he's as, as big as a mountain, but fuck, it had so many numbers there. It wasn't a numbers problem. It was just <laughs> it was just Payne Haas wanted it more in that moment, and for me, that's the biggest problem with the West Tigers at the moment. So on Cobo, he obviously went the length. Jordan Ricky scored another one off a brilliant uh, Reese Walsh kick. Uh, Herbie Feynman chimed in with his weekly try, and then Katoni Staggs once again finished with another double in this game. Um, yeah, the West Tigers, I don't know what to say. Uh, they were incredibly disappointing in this game, but i got to tell you, the thing that infuriated me the most was post-game. Uh, Tim Sheens' post-game interview, and I think it just shows where this club is at at the moment. And look, I, I've got so much respect for Tim Sheens. I've got so much respect for what he has done in our game. Uh, one of my favorite like rugby league characters ever, to be honest with you. But the longer this season goes, the more questions I've got to ask about Tim Sheens and what is going on there at the West Tigers. For him to sit there after that game 
when you've got diehard West Tigers fans, and I've said it a number of times, shout out to you West Tigers fans because you guys are so fucking loyal. It's not even funny. I if I did if I was to go for a football side and they were the West Tigers, I've got a question if I could be as loyal as you guys because you stand by them no matter what, no matter how many times they fucking throw shit in your face and embarrass you, you stand with them. And I, you know, I can understand some West Tigers fan messaging me going, "This is just the lowest of low points," and I get it because I mean, if it doesn't work this year, what do you, what are the tight ti- what do the Tigers do? Who do they turn to? You got Tim Sheen's back. You got Benji back. You got Roby back. You sign Appy. You sign Clemmer. You sign Isaiah Papali'i. I mean, sign Bateman. I mean, like, what? What more could the Tigers have possibly done to hopefully turn this season around? And seemingly, well, you know what? I'm not. I'm not even going to fuck around with the word seemingly. They have got worse than last year. They started last year five and zero and five as well. You will remember it was Jackson Hastings that you know won the Easter weekend game against Parramatta, kicked a field goal, had a cracking game, won it for the West Tigers there, and then they let him go at the end of the year. It's just, it's just insane. They're just lacking so much direction. It's fucking crazy, and I cannot believe, I still cannot believe they let Jackson go. I just, oh, it's just, and I'm like. Call me biased, sure. More than happy to wear that if you want to say I'm biased. But if you want to sit there and honestly tell me that the West Tigers made the right decision of let going of Jackson Hastings, I'm sorry. You're kidding yourself. It is an outrageous call and it just makes no sense whatsoever. For Tim Sheens to sit in that press conference at the end of the game and giggle and giggle and say, I hope we beat the bye in a few weeks, that's not the place, mate. That is so far from the place to be making jokes and everything. And if I was a West Tigers fan, that would have infuriated me. And, and shout out to the West Tigers fans. I got about 15 or 20 of you messaging me within about five minutes that going, what the fuck did I just watch? I am sitting here paying a membership. I am sitting here traveling around to go to these games to watch them get slapped around. And he's happy to sit there and laugh and giggle and say that we hope that we beat the bye in a couple of weeks. Like, fuck me. And then he's like, oh, we, we won this. We, we, we did really well in the second half. Of course you did well in the second half. The Broncos didn't have to play in the fucking second half. You were witches hats in the second half. Please. Please. I mean, and then to say that, you know, the West Tigers, oh, we've been in every other game. I mean, have you? Have you really? Like, yes, the scoreboard at the end of the game might say that you've been in those games. You've been within 12 points, but... Fuck me, the Titans in round one absolutely gave it to you at Leichhardt. Um, the Newcastle Knights, yeah, you lost by two points. They lost KP, they lost Braley, they lost Saifidi, they lost Frizzell. They were down to 12 players, and you're going to sit there and go, oh, we are in that game. What the fuck? Then you had the Bulldogs versus the Tigers game the other day. I mean, the Bulldogs, they went to sleep for 40 minutes. Tigers looked awful the entire time. Everyone, everyone said that was the, one of the worst games of football they've seen. They've got no idea how the Tigers got so close. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The week after that, the Melbourne saw Melbourne played shit. They looked awful. Still beat you by 12 points. I just, I just, I cannot make any logic out of where Tim Sheens is going at the moment. It sounds to me like he is just scrambling for excuses. 
And it looks to me like this side has no answers. And hopefully they can turn it around. I really do hope they can turn around. They've got Parramatta this week, um, Monday, 4 p.m., long turnaround. Plenty of time to prepare for Tim Sheens and the Tigers there. Hopefully they can turn around there, but I'm far from confident. They then go into a bye. They come out of that bye. They go Manly, Penrith. I mean, this could be a team that we're looking at going 0-8 to start the season. And fuck, I hope they do win their buy. I can sort of make a joke about it because I'm not the fucking head of your franchise. I'm not the guy that fans are looking at as leading this franchise to the next era of success. And you've signed all the guys. It can't get any better than what you've done. Like, he's going to hand over the keys to Benji in a couple of years. I, like, Benji's never coached a football side. Um, and, you know, people say to me, oh, they're going to attract players. You're attracting players. You just signed a two-time premiership winning hooker two years in a row the last two years, been to three grand finals. David Clemmer, former Kangaroos from Roa. Uh, you've got Johnny Bateman. You've got Isaiah Papali, the best forward in the game the last two years. Signing players isn't a fucking issue. I don't know how on earth it, is, it isn't an issue, but somehow it hasn't been an issue. I said it a few weeks ago, and I stand by it. Benji Marshall, I think he's got to look around the room and go, fuck, is this what I want to do? Is this in my best interest to take over this side? Because it could finish my coaching career before it starts. Very, very disappointing for the Tigers. Feel sorry for you West Tigers fans out there because you're way too loyal to this side, and I just I don't know how they turn this around. Positives for the West Tigers, though. I thought Wakeham looks pretty handy. Can play football, Wakeham. Not a guy I want to rely on long-term, and I thought some of his kicks were nice. Uh, I thought that Sean Bloor, he has had a nightmare injury run throughout his career. He came on, and I think he played about 45, the last 45 minutes or so. Just going to get his numbers up here. Played the last 58 minutes, sorry. Um, he had 12 runs for 123 metres, 35 post-contact, 23 tackles, only one missed. Uh, had a couple of offloads, four offloads. He was everywhere, Sean Bloor, so shout-out to him. He's a real goer. He's been. He's had a terrible injury run, but he can play footy, and I hope I hope he has the future that we expected him to. Maybe he has to leave the Tigers. I don't know what he has to do, but Sean Bloor, he's a very, very talented kid, and I hope that we get to see the very best out of him. Um, look, not many other positives to take out of that for the West Tigers, to be honest with you. Pretty disappointing all round. Um, you know, the halves. Oh. I don't know. Do you make changes here? And if you do, who do you make changes for? Jock Madden isn't there. Jackson Hastings isn't there. You don't really have all that many options. I mean, it's round <laughs> it's round five. Brandon Wakeham's already played three games now. Uh, I probably didn't expect to see Wakeham for quite some time. I mean, he wasn't signed to a club three weeks out from the start of the season. Just hard to work out what is going on here, but... That's the West Tigers at the moment, unfortunately. Feel for you fans. Talk about the Broncos. I've sort of already touched on them quickly. Adam Reynolds, he was tremendous. His kicking game was unreal. Reese Walsh just keeps going to another level week in, week out. 194 run meters, two line breaks, two line break assists, three try assists. His pace on the edges, teams just simply cannot keep up with him. He looks tremendous at the moment. Jesse Arthurs, he's come in and done a really good job and really impressed with him. We already spoke about Payne Haas, but he is just... He's a cheat code. I don't know how else to say it. He is just on another level. Only played 46 minutes, had a try, ran for 140 metres, had a line break, had a line break assist, six tackle breaks, an offload. Uh, I mean, sorry, four offloads. Uh, he's everywhere paying Haas. And I was actually surprised they put him back on the field. I just thought they, they would have left him off and given him a little bit of a spell. Paddy Carrigan got through his work as per. Um, shout out to Marty Tapao. Someone messaged me the other day and said, hey, can we talk about the work that he is doing week in, week out. And I sort of went, yeah, I mean, he's doing all right, Marty. Like, I'm not really noticing him, to be completely honest with you. He's doing his job, but probably nothing more. But then I had a deeper look at his stats after. And shout out to the guy that pointed out to me. I can't remember your name, sorry. But 
He's uh he's played four games so far this year. He's averaging eighty one run meters. Like he's only playing about twenty minutes a game. Uh, but he's just getting through work. He is getting through a heap of work, a couple of tackle breaks. He always has an offload or two in him. Uh, he's missed a grand total of five tackles from his four games. Um, total run meters, 54, 96, 90, He's just looking good at the moment, and um, credit to him. C- credit to Marty Tapao. I had a lot of question marks about this signing, uh, whether he'd be able to go up there and fit into a team and play, to, play a minor role. It's an important role, don't get me wrong, but it's a minor role. He's not the main guy there. And I think he's just been fantastic for them. So shout out to Marty Tapao. Uh, a very, very good signing for the Brisbane Broncos, and he's doing very well. Jordan Rickey really starting to come of age, which is fantastic. I've had a lot of question marks around Jordan Rickey for a long time. I'm still not completely convinced, to be honest with you, uh, but there's no doubt about it. He is playing good footy. Ezra Mann, second-year syndrome, doesn't really seem to be worrying him at all. Bombed a try at one point he should have had for all money, uh, but shit. Shit happens there, you know. Um, yeah, shout out to the Brisbane Broncos. A fantastic game. Very solid performance. They just keep trucking on. I loved hearing Walters talk after the game about how they're breaking the season down into months. It's a little four to five week periods at a time, and then, and they've got little things they're trying to improve month by month. And I think it's a really good way to do it, considering how it all fell apart last season. So plenty of positives for the Broncos. It's a long, long season. There's going to be a lot more injury, suspension, all that shit that the Broncos are going to have to overcome. Uh, But you can't really knock them for what they've done so far, especially with a young squad that could be complacent at any given moment. And they have been in little bits and pieces, but this was the sort of game where they could have been complacent. They came out, they did exactly what they had to do. They blew the Tigers off the park. Granted, the Tigers got back into the game in the second half, but... Brisbane did well and truly enough uh, to to blow them out in the first half. And realistically, uh, yes... The Tigers got back into it in the second half. Tiger, the Broncos, they still won the second half anyway. So it's not like they're completely going to sleep or whatever. Um, yeah. Shout out to the Brisbane Broncos doing fantastic things. They're going to be one hell of a fucking footy side this year. Uh, very, very exciting times. Guys, stay tuned this afternoon. Uh, in a couple of hours, we will have our Sunday review going through the two games on Sunday. We were lucky enough to be at the Canterbury game, which was very, very exciting. We watched the New Zealand Warriors and the Sharkies game at the Locker Room Hotel. So we'll talk about our experiences there as well. Plenty more to come. This afternoon on the Rugby League Guru Podcast.